Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right, welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we've got Luke Parrish. He writes for us here at the Viking Age, and he's been on the podcast multiple times in the past. So welcome back to the show, Luke. Thanks for having me. It's glad to be, I'm glad to be back. It's been a minute, but... Now's better time than ever. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we're into July now. Uh, Vikings training camp is less than a month away. At this point in the offseason, with, with all the additions the Vikings have made to their roster and free agency, the draft, and uh, from some of the things we learned in minicamp, what would you say your expectations currently are for the Vikings for the upcoming season? I definitely expect them to get back to the playoffs. Um Last year, I mean, even going seven and nine and as bad as they looked, they were still kind of in the thick of it for a long time. Um, and I mean, obviously, you look at the guys they're getting back defensively, plus the guys that they added in free agency with uh, Patrick Peterson and Dalvin Tomlinson, they're going to make an impact. It's going to be hard to get worse than they were last year. Uh, I don't think the division got any better. I don't think Chicago did anything. Detroit's not going to be very good, but that's that's not a secret for anybody that watches the NFC North. So comes down to Minnesota and Green Bay once again. Um, and, I mean, the Vikings had a good offense last year. I think that's going to stay the same, and they improved the offensive line, or at least they, they attempted to. We don't know that for sure, but they put the resources into it. Um, so, I mean, you look at – they made the necessary adjustments. They fixed the offensive line. They fixed the secondary. They had they attacked the needs that they kind of died at sort of last year. So yeah, they should be, I, I agree. They should be back in the playoffs for sure. Um, yeah. With all, with all the experience, I feel like they added makes a, makes a big difference because last year at this time, there's just so much unknown where I feel like there's a good amount of unknown at this time as well, but it's more, maybe a little more confidence in the guys that we don't know about as opposed to, to last year when it was mostly rookies and we just we didn't know a whole lot about him. We didn't even know that much about, you know, how Justin Jefferson would do because they didn't have any OTAs, they didn't have a preseason. Right. They had all we're going off of is, you know, one minute clips uh from the Vikings, you know, video page of them at training camp, which is gonna be all their highlights. Um and then, you know, maybe some stuff from some beat reporters that are able to actually go to camp. Um so I think this year is we're we're able to feel uh, a little more confident about the the unknown that uh, is with the Vikings. So, but with all the guys that the Vikings signed, a lot of them were signed to one year deals this offseason. You know, you got Patrick Peterson, Rashad Breeland, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, Xavier Woods. Does it feel to you like the Vikings are maybe pushing all their chips in this year to make a run at the Super Bowl, or does this, or do you think it's more? These short deals are more of a product of the the salary cap decreasing this year. I think it's a little bit of a blend. I mean, you see across the league, everybody was playing out one-year deals. A lot of guys want to kind of push their money aside to next year and try to bank on having a good year uh, in 2021. But 
I mean, the Vikings, they added guys, not just veterans, but guys who are going to be expected to make that massive impact from day one. Um, and they were just important. Like, they were as good as, like, Cam Dantzler was last year. He had his moments. Obviously, he's good. he was a rookie. He's not going to have great moments every week. And he's battling injuries. They went out and no, not at all. And so they go out and they get two uh, veteran free agent corners who, on one-year deals, I don't expect both either of them really to come back after this year unless things go extremely well and they want to take either a cheap deal or the Vikings want to, again, just make that space for them. But, but a guy like Woods, I didn't expect him to come in. I've heard so many good things about him in camp of him being a good communicator and a good um, just like a leader on the back end in his first year with the team, and you don't really expect that from a safety, let alone a first-year guy with the, with the roster. So, I don't know. I think they made smart moves. They got cheaper where they felt they needed to. I mean, paying Anthony Harrison and Eric Wilson, I think it was, what, combined $10 million that they signed for with Philadelphia. Yeah, I, didn't think, I don't even think it was that much. I think it might have been yeah. around six or seven. Yeah, so, I mean, you replace those guys with um, just veterans who who can be day one starters without being super cost effective. I mean, you still they've still got thirteen million in cap space or something like that right now. So I don't even think the Vikings are done. But yeah, the, the guys they got are definitely going to be guys that probably don't come back for another year after this one because it, they're either going to play really well in Zimmer and get a big contract somewhere else, or they're not going to play well and the Vikings aren't going to want them back. So right, mixed yeah. bag. I think, I like we keep seeing that thirteen million or or whatever they have left in, in cap space, and it's pretty it's a pretty significant amount, especially with how much they started off with, um, and a lot of a lot of you know people following the Vikings expected them to maybe sign someone else before camp, which they still could. There's still a couple of weeks left, but I'm I'm starting to think now maybe they they're waiting until like some some guys get cut like right before the season and maybe try and pick some of those guys up because usually you see some pretty big names sometimes. That are that are let go. So I wonder if they're waiting for that to maybe add another veteran to either their defense or or their offense with with that money they have left over. And then they might even get more because there are other you know rumors are work, they're working on extensions for Harrison Smith and and Brian O'Neill, and that those extensions usually clear up at least a little more in cap space. So curious to see what they do with this money. They might not even use it all. Maybe they'll keep it uh, for next year to have even more yeah. money to give, you know, Kirk Cousins $50 million a year, which is what everyone wants. So. <laughs> if you can pay a top, what, 12, 15 quarterback in the league minimum money, hey, you got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So it's been a bit since I had you on the podcast, as we mentioned earlier. So which new addition to the Vikings roster are you most excited to watch during this upcoming season? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, the easy answer for me would be Wyatt Davis because I want to see um, just how much he can improve the, the guard spot because we know how bad it's been in the past. But I'm also really excited to see how Patrick Peterson helps, not only the defense, but just like specifically the young corners, mm-hmm. having a guy who's been around for so long if, and see how he can develop. Um, you know, Cam Dance or maybe Jeff Gladden if he's still around mm-hmm. um, and, and all the other guys out there. So hopefully... Uh, he does a good job as a mentor, and I mean, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. But yeah. he's a guy that I mean, I've been a fan of him for so long, and now he's finally in Minnesota, and I, I'm just excited to see uh, his impact on everybody. 
Vikings. Yeah, I think just from the brief clips we've seen that the Vikings have posted online, he's even like his mic'd up or whatever. He's been showing just kind of giving guys pointers and stuff. Um, and then he has this podcast where he's been talking about how like him, Xavier Woods, and Mackenzie Alexander kind of have like this just intuition with each other already, where like they know where each other's supposed to be on the field and they can fix things you know, really quickly. And that's something you don't get in someone like a Cam Dantzler and a Jeff Gladdy, at least not right now, maybe down the line in their career, that'll happen. But, you know, that's something that people don't think about when they look at adding someone like Patrick Peterson. It's not just what he adds to the field, but just, you know, in the the meeting room and in the locker room and, and things like that. So is there a new addition or a returning Vikings player that you think might be getting a little too much hype? Oh, Dang, that's a tough question. Um, I stumped you. Yeah, you did. Uh, <laughs> and yet, I've I've been thinking maybe Michael Pierce because yeah, that's a good last so last much, thing. So much about him. He's going to be like this force in the middle, and he was okay. I feel like he was okay with Baltimore. He was, but he was. People are making him out to be like this Pro Bowl caliber, all pro caliber defensive tackle, and we haven't even seen him on the field in a year. So obviously we want him to play well, but I'm I'm a little skeptical. Yeah, and I think them adding Sheldon Richardson, which he's not going to play necessarily the same role, he's going to be more of the pass rush guy, but it does make you pause a little bit about how high our short expect expectations be for him because they they went and they gave big money to Dalvin Tomlinson too. Mm-hmm. They really short up. They get they got depth at defensive tackle, which is good. You can never have too many, but maybe Pierce isn't what he's cracked out to be. I mean, we don't know, but not playing for a year, being as big as he is and trying to come back and be a high-impact player on a team that really needs him and might push the envelope a little bit too much for him in his first real year, that it could be tough. Yeah, there's that guy. Um, and I'm, I'm just curious about Anthony Barr just to see how he returns from his injuries. I don't think he's ever missed that much time with an injury. I know he's been injured in the past, but it was never like he was basically out the whole season. Yeah. Um, yeah well, it was like what week two early on yeah, week two. Week he two. missed the whole year. So um, I'm curious to see how he is. Obviously Daniel Hunter, see how he is. Um, he still looks like a beast, but that doesn't mean that he, yeah. might have, he might be a little more timid with his, his neck injury or something like that. Maybe not be more as willing to, jump in the pile or something like that um, or, or go after uh, somebody with the ball. Um, so I'm just curious about those guys that we haven't seen in a while, more more than the some of the new guys that they've added because we've, we've seen those guys. More yeah, it is, it is scary to kind of like put all your chips on these guys who are coming back from not insignificant injuries. I mean, they missed. I, I mean, it was what, a torn pack for bar. It was a, a disc issue with Hunter. Like, you can't just as soon as they're going to be themselves right out of the gate. It, even if it takes them a few weeks, you're still going to have those fans that are like let down from not playing yeah. at their... Uh, and even even with Pierce, like he, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a, like a you know a soft tissue injury in the, within the first couple of games just because yeah. getting back into football shape and he's been off for a year. It's, it's a big difference between just working out in a gym and being on the football field. Those, those guys know it. They, they, they say it all the time, like, there's football shape and then, you know, there's whatever shape. And, you know, someone who took a year off recently, you look at maybe Le'Veon Bell, he was not even close to the same player he was uh, after he, he took a year off. So 
But then there's Adrian Peterson, but who yeah. wasn't really a year off. Peterson was more than like a couple months, but um, yeah. So, all right. So during the last few days, one of the speaking of Peterson, one of the hot topics that seems to be discussed by Vikings fans is a comparison between Dalvin Cook and Adrian Peterson. Now, no one is saying that Cook is as good as Peterson yet, but some, including myself, think that Cook is capable of surpassing Peterson you know, at some point as the Vikings' greatest running back of all time. So, Luke, I need you to get your crystal ball out and just let me know that whenever Cook's career in the NFL comes to an end, do you think he will be remembered as the best running back to ever play for the Vikings? Man, that is a tough one. That's tougher <laughs> than the uh, play I'm not expecting much. much from. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's definitely possible. I, the thing with, like, Peterson, for me, it was like, that was my whole childhood him coming up. And it's funny, like every week you knew he was either going to be a long run or a fumble. He's going to make or break the game for you. Yeah. Yeah. Or he'd take it 90 yards and fumbled at the one, uh, having a few times, but it just kind of depends. Like, I feel like Cook's a safer bet. You're not going to worry about him turning the ball over a lot. He can help in the passing game. Injuries though. Injury. I, I don't know where I stand. His injuries are like, they're not debilitating, no. But it feels like frequent, he just, yeah, yeah. It's like every now and again he'll miss half of a game, mm-hmm. but then that half you see Alexander Madison's not what he was when he was fresh off the bench as a backup. Can't get that, get that fourth and two. Yeah, it's so it's like how bad are the injuries? They're not significant, but they are mm-hmm. kind of a big blow to the team. But I mean, as long as he stays on the field and he keeps doing what he's doing, I think he might be the greatest in Vikings history, but I don't think he'll ever be the best. I think Peterson's got that locked up. He was just a freak athlete. Um, but I think, I think Cook can definitely per, uh, surpass him as like a just rushing, scoring. As maybe oh, yeah. yeah, he's very good athlete, obviously. And same between the, the tackles. Yeah, right now, <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably put him on the same level Cook I'm talking about. Maybe on the same level as Robert Smith. Yeah, slightly below just because Smith did it for much longer, but around you know Smith was able to catch out of the backfield and do that that stuff. Where Peterson's kind of it's kind of one dimensional. Obviously, he did really well at, at running the ball, but yeah. not a great blocker, not great receiver out of the backfield. And people are like, oh, who cares? His running back. Well, it kind of matters. Yeah, um, but I think Peterson having that MVP is what will always just yeah. separate him from any running back who ever plays for the Vikings unless they win an MVP as well because, as we know, MVPs rarely go to anyone but a quarterback and hardly to a running back. Um, so him doing that was just, it's going to keep him, you know, separated from the pack for a long time. Um, so speaking of future expectations, you recently wrote, recently wrote something about the expectations for for Justin Jefferson possibly being maybe a little too high for the upcoming season. Um, I think a good amount of people are probably expecting Jefferson to put up similar numbers to what he had as a rookie, but do you think more should be expecting him to regress next season instead? I, I don't know if I would say regress, but just... For him, like uh, as far as his numbers from last year, I guess. Yeah, it's, you have so it's many... a high bar people that'll be like, well, if he doesn't put up 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns, he had a bad year. (laughs) Well, that's not true. I mean, he can still easily put up 1,000 yards 
and a handful of touchdowns, he's going to be the focal point of the passing game, I think. I think him and Thielen work well together, but I think next year we're going to see him take over as the true number one, which he was really by the end of last year anyway. He led the team in targets and catches. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it boils down to, like, you're going to have the fans that are like, well, Kirk Cousins doesn't deserve an extra contract. He's not good enough to get them the ball. Well, then you can't say, well, Jefferson has to have 1,500 yards and Thielen needs 1,300 yards. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a good quarterback, you're not going to get that. So which one are you, do you want to yeah, slide Percy Harvin, how mad he got at Christian Ponder back in the day? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think – I still think Jefferson's going to have a good year. I'm still expecting – I think it was like 1,200 yeah. yards between eight and ten touchdowns. Um, but yeah. it's just – I think Tyler Conklin and Irv Smith are going to get more involved in the passing game. Yep. I would like to see him get another a third wide receiver in there, whether it's Emir Smith-Marset or B.C. Johnson, somebody to get more involved. Because I want to say Chad Beebe was third on the team among <laughs> receivers. And, like, mm-hmm. credit to him for doing it, but 20 catches for your number three receiver is not good. It's yeah. not reliable. Well, I mean, they, they still used enough guys elsewhere. But I was going to say, I think it's different in the Vikings offense because I've had this conversation with a lot of people where I don't know if third receiver is really that big of a priority for them just because of how they use – how they run their offense is yeah. Dalvin cook gets the majority of the touches. Then it's Jefferson. Then it's Thielen. Then you got Irv Smith. Then you got, like you said, Conklin, I think third receiver is probably like the fifth or sixth option. Yeah. Uh, unless they're, you know, they designed to play for them, which I don't think they've designed many plays for Chad BB or, or BC Johnson. Um, I would like to see if, uh, I, one thing that I've been looking forward to next year is seeing a red zone offense with Conklin lined up outside. Yeah. As or, or even Irv Smith. Yeah, and you can interchange those. You have one of them on the line, one of them outside, and then you put uh, Thielen or Jefferson on the slot. Well, Thielen's apparently the, you know, the red zone weapon. Yeah. All his touchdowns he had in the red zone last year. I didn't yeah. I saw that coming. Um, but, yeah, I, I like you, my expect, I'm not expecting Jefferson to not get 1,000 yards next year. I think everyone is. I think he is. Um, but I think people maybe need to – he he played like Randy Moss as a rookie last year. I don't think I think some people are expecting him to play like Randy Moss again next season. When that could be the case, I don't think anyone is going to yeah. after what he did last year. But at the same time, you got to look at the offense he's in. He's not in, you know, the Cardinals' offense or or the Saints' offense where he's going to get two hundred targets or whatever. Um, so you got to look at that too, as far as production goes. I think he'll be efficient. But maybe yeah. his numbers won't be as high as some people like. Um, all right, we'll close this. Close out the show with this. Uh, currently, the Vikings have two kickers: Greg Joseph and rookie Riley Patterson. Together, they have combined to attempt a grand total of twenty field goals in the NFL. Uh, kicking always seems to be a problem for the Vikings, but for some reason, the team's kicking game—I feel like it hasn't really been one of the big topics this offseason. Um, so my question for you is, should we be worrying more about the Vikings kicking current kicking situation or have the kicking expectations for the Vikings gotten so low that most are just anticipating the struggles to happen no matter what? Yeah, that's probably it. Uh, (laughs) I haven't even thought about it until you just said it. Now you got me all worried. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, I think it seems like whatever they try, it doesn't work out. You might as well just go cheapest option available and accept your fate. Just go for two every time. Yeah, might as well. Analytics game at this point. Mm -hmm. The red zone offense is good. Might as well (laughs) utilize it at the two-yard line every time. Mm -hmm. 
and then just never take a field goal beyond like forty five. I, I feel like Mike Zimmer would want would do that every time if if he was allowed to. Yeah, it's I don't know. <laughs> Special teams is a joke. It's always been a joke. <laughs> They're not good. Well, I, last year it it especially was, but I feel like over the years it's been with with Prefer back there it was it was pretty consistent. You had Patterson Cordell Patterson back there, and you had Marcus Sherrills. Um, but kicking, yeah, kicking always seems to be the problem. And punting's an underrated thing, too, because punting hasn't been that good either over the last few years. It's been kind of disappointing where, like, Colquitt had a good year in, in 2019, but last year was not a great yeah. year for him. So I'm, I'm surprised they only have one punter on their roster this year as well. Right. I didn't think they, he was that good. They cut the... The 30-year-old rookie or whatever. Yeah, the guy from LSU, I think, is where he was from. Yep. Like him, make Richardson. Yeah, so I don't know. Well, that, that, that also doesn't mean that Colquitt is the guy because I think you remember was it 2018 where they cut was it Jeff Locke and then they brought in Matt Matt Weil. Yeah. Um. Right before the season. Um. And that obviously did not work out. Um. So yeah, I'm just the the kicking thing. Everyone's. Really, I feel like re- everyone's really optimistic and excited about the Vikings this year with all the, the new additions and all the guys they got coming back. I just feel like they never put enough, you know, emphasis on the special teams, um, at least under Mike Zimmer, and it always seems to come to bite them, yeah. you know, in the end. And he's always complaining about it, like, well, it should have been better. It should have made the kick it's their job or whatever. And it's like, you guys should have invested. You should have added, you know, someone better instead of signing three more cornerbacks. Yeah. So that's it. All right. So thanks for joining the show today, Luke. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh, on Twitter at Luke Parish underscore NFL. All right. So go follow him on there. Follow the Viking Age on Twitter. Follow the Viking Age on Facebook. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we will talk to you later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.